Coming up on This Week in Games, Nintendo's dropping a new console, Google announces cloud gaming platform, and Tencent goes on the offense with a restructuring. Coming up This Week in Games. Welcome to This Week in Games. I'm your host, Eric McConnell, and we've had a pretty interesting week, to say the least. So, let's kick it off. Nintendo rumored to drop a new Switch in 2019. What? (laughs) The Wall Street Journal reported Nintendo's releasing a new Switch to reinvigorate Switch sales, which have been somewhat stagnant after their meteoric launch. So, it's coming on the second half of 2019, and right now there's no reports on you know, a solid new model, but there's leading options. So a few of them have been an upgraded screen with a higher quality LCD. Nintendo is strangely saying that they've ruled out OLED screens, which I don't know, do you hate gamers? Like what? (laughs) And other things are like a thinner switch, switch with higher battery life, lighter switch, and so on, other incremental improvements. And uh, you know what I can say? This is what you get people purchasing the stupid xbox ones and the stupid ps4 pros okay this is how you get treated like i guess apple and other cell phone manufacturers treat their customers now everyone thinks you know hey we can just re-release the same crap with incremental improvement upgrades and expect everyone to buy it for no reason remember all those 3ds versions do you really want that for your console come on And it really sucks for developers because they have to keep up with all this crazy backwards compatibility. I think there are like three versions of PlayStation, and there are like 18 versions of the 3DS. (sighs) I digress because all that will become irrelevant with the next story, and that is Google announces Project Stream, a new cloud gaming platform. So, formerly reported by the information to be called Yeti, which I covered that article, Google announces they too have been working on a cloud gaming platform alongside Microsoft, who previously has been leaked that their new consoles will feature a traditional hardware GPU console and a $100 streaming console. So this is what they've said. The service will currently support streaming through Chrome internet browser, works on laptop or desktop, and Google is asking for people with 25 megabit internet speeds to participate in their open beta. This is the biggest gold rush. Whoever can go and become the aggregator for cloud gaming is going to sit on a pile of money and a pile of game industry power because you're going to be able to choose the winners and losers, you know. And here's the order. So I think I say a lot of things are gold rushes. Here's the order. I think cloud gaming is first, then AR, then VR. And so there's a few things. The biggest issue with cloud gaming, as reported by the former frontrunner back in 2010 on live, is what are you going to do with all those GPUs while nobody's playing? So cloud gaming is done by having like your, your traditional CPU, your RAM, your GPU, and other components either physically sitting on a server or waiting to be virtualized on a server. The game is instantiated, so I go and play... Whatever, I go and play Red Dead Redemption. A game is instantiated on the server. The server starts up a game of Red Dead Redemption. It streams the video to me, and then I send my inputs back to the server, and the server inputs them into the game. The game reacts and then streams the new video back to me. And so if you think about it, most gaming happens during six hours a day 
but you have to have the GPUs to support the potential like millions of gamers during those peak hours. But what are you going to do with all those GPUs during non-peak hours? And so there are really only three companies from my point of view that truly at this moment can support cloud gaming at a scale, and that is Microsoft, Amazon, and Google. And unfortunately, only one of them has a history of console gaming and lots of first-party studios making exclusive titles. So let's hope there's more competition because I really don't want to see a Microsoft-dominated future. Or maybe I do. I don't really know how anyone would operate with kind of the aggregation power that Netflix has at this point. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, You know, maybe a new player will come in. Only time will tell, guys. Only time will tell. And to be honest, Google hasn't even announced much about the platform other than that they're starting a public beta last Friday with Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So, you know, I don't know if they're going to license this technology out. I don't know if they're trying to be aggregators. I don't know if they're going to work with publishers. I don't really know what's going to happen at all. You know, working with publishers is rough because you signed that initial deal to get their content on there. And then when they themselves solve that problem of how to get cloud gaming, they might release their own Ubisoft cloud gaming platform. You know, you already see Microsoft eyeballing this. I'm sure Sony is eyeballing this too. I just say they're not a big player because they frankly don't have a cloud service. So Microsoft has Azure, Amazon has AWS, sorry, and Google has uh, their own cloud services. Sony doesn't really have a giant, massive cloud farm, and so they're really going to have to buy a company, which they tried with Gaikai and Feld. They're really going to have to buy a lot of this, and you it's not something you buy your way into, and that's why I don't see Sony being a dominator in this fashion. Speaking of uh, a potential dominator, Tencent announces restructuring amidst falling values. So, with League of Legends' supercell slowly on their decline, and tightening regulations in China, Tencent has seen a drop in earnings two quarters in a row. So if we look at 2017 to now, I think the stock has dropped like $50. That's just a rough guess. Don't quote me on that. Um, 2017 to now, yeah. When it when it comes to this, this is the first restructuring in six years. So <laughs> it's kind of funny when you hear the restructuring. Tencent has announced a two-pronged plan. First, create a new group for cloud and smart industries by consolidating three of its content business groups under one banner. Apparently, this is to combat Alibaba, who stole most of the cloud uh, service dominance in China. Probably not going to beat Alibaba at that, but maybe they will. I'm not really versed in the Chinese cloud services. And second, establish a new technology committee to enhance its research and development operations by promoting collaboration and innovation. And just like you guys, I have no clue what that jumble words means, and it probably means nothing. So, hey, when you're the kings of the game industry, you can't call your pals in the Chinese government to give you a monopoly, less actually let you release PUBG or Fortnite in the country. You got to create a press release like this. You know, you got to stir up confidence. You got to... You got to give someone something like, oh, uh, none of our bets have panned out, so we're going to restructure, you know, whatever. Keep at it, Tencent. You've thrown a lot of darts at the wall. One of them, I'm sure, is going to hit and take off. You own the game industry. (laughs) You know, you might as well be an index ETF for the game industry. That's how I see it. (laughs) Next up, Fortnite to allow fans to support their favorite creators or streamers. Sounds like a great idea. 
Fortnite announced support a creator program. This is where it's not a great idea, so Kotaku summarizes this better than I can. Players will be able to support creators by adding a creator's epic tag in the supported creator menu in the item shop in Fortnite's Battle Royale mode. After this, creator will earn money based on the total amount of V-Bucks spent in the store by people supporting them. For some reason, the selection only lasts 14 days, so if you want to support someone after that, you need to re-input their tag. So, basically, you're putting a tramp stamp on your character, advertising your favorite streamer, and Epic is cutting your favorite streamer a check for all the money you're spending. So, if you really like Ninja, you're going to put the Ninja tag on yourself, and then for every amount of V-Bucks, which are their premium currency you spend, Ninja gets some kind of cut of it. I think roughly right now, it's like 10,000 V-Bucks, and that's the creator $5, and I think 10,000 V-Bucks is $100. So that's roughly a 5% cut. And it's fucking ridiculous. And they say capitalism is dying, people. I don't even know why they're doing this because the current like estimates report that Epic is potentially making $1 billion in revenue every two months with Fortnite. Why even create such an ugly, complicated, convoluted tagging system that is nothing but brand advertising and basically you giving streamers money to make players spend more money like you're you're actually enforcing streamers and giving them like a cut of the deal to have them trick players into spending more in-game revenue <laughs> you know like now ninja's gonna like be like hey guys you know all these tips i said about shooting people nah that's not what you need you need to buy more premium dance moves that's really gonna get your game up <laughs> it's so ridiculous so ridiculous but Let's go on to another ridiculous story. Tencent solving the play limit restriction for minors in China with facial recognition. So earlier this year, I reported that China is trying to force Tencent to limit Honor King's playtime for minors. Honor King's being the game that's basically like League of Legends light on mobile, but has player metrics that will make your head explode. So the BBC is reporting that Tencent is testing facial recognition as a means to stop minors from dodging time restrictions this is crazy and it you know what it's pretty funny to think that like free-to-play games in china could potentially not just take your play like data and sell that off now they're going to take a daily picture of your face and easily sell that off to marketers and other companies as well and i laugh now but it's going to be really sad when the u.s <laughs> does the same thing so another news, uh, Skybound Games to finish off the Walking Dead series. So I admit, I laughed when Skybound's creation, uh, the creation of Skybound Games was basically like Telltale, but funded by the owners of the Walking Dead franchise when Telltale wasn't doing well financially. And I was like, well, you're copying a financially unstable studio's model and development process to fund the exact same game that they're not making enough money on to keep their own doors open. And now, Skybound is finishing off the Walking Dead series after Telltale shut down. And I hear the rumor is probably because Skybound, the overall parent company that owns the Walking Dead, refused to fund Telltale for the series themselves. So, it's just kind of sad all around. So, let me plow through some business news. Billy Billy raises $316 million from Tencent. Billy Billy is a Chinese video sharing service, and from the looks of it, I guess it's like a more advanced new grounds for China. And they're also the owners of Overwatch League, che League Team, 
the Hangzhou, whatever. I don't know what their mascot is. Tencent will receive approximately 12.3% of the company that IPO this year. I had no clue what Billy Billy should be worth, but it doesn't seem like $3 billion evaluation is right. So maybe Tencent will announce more restructuring later this year to fix that one. Big Ben, Big Ben continues double-A dominancy by acquiring... Kyloton. So Kyloton is a racing game specialist known for TT, Iowa Man, B Rally 4, and WRC. I have no clue what these games are, by the way, and frankly, neither should you. So this is the last of three acquisitions that Big Ben has made this year, and they claim it so they can publish a steady streams of AA titles, which strangely are mostly all niche racing games. And Frankly, you go, Big Ben. You want to dominate the European niche racing game market? Go for it. No one's going to stop you. Make all the rally games you want. <laughs> Next up, Hugo Games acquires Fifth Planet Games for about $700,000. So I'm only doing this story because it's it, it makes me sad. So Fifth Planet is a Sacramento-based top congregate developer best known for titles Dawn of Dragons, Curio Quest, Age of Heroes, and Tap Cat Nine Lives. No one knows what any of those games are. Once again, don't feel bad. Like the, this is the bottom of the bottom, in my opinion. Hugo Games is a Denmark-based developer publisher, best known for Kings of Soccer and Doodle Jump Two. What does this mean? Absolutely nothing. But it does mean one thing. I guess it can tell you what the price of being a top congregate developer is, and it's not much, people. So if you're a talented game developer, please don't go to congregate. Please find something else to publish on. All right. Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment distributes Cyber 2077. Warner Brothers is trying to move heavily into distribution. Earlier this year, I think they acquired the Hitman series, so exclusivity on uh, distribution the hitman series previously cd project red had bandai namco distribute the massive hit the witcher 3 on ps4 but warner brothers distributed the xbox and pc versions what does this mean once again nothing i'm just covering this so you guys know i don't need to know this <laughs> finally witcher author requests 16.1 million dollars from cd project red so author and i can't pronounce this game name at all so author Andrzej Sapkowski sent an official demand for additional royalties. The grounds are that the game developers exceeded their rights to use of the IP. CD Projekt Red has rejected it. I looked into this. I'm not a lawyer. One side says that the IP agreement did not allow for multiple games or spin-off games like Quint or the tabletop RPG that they're supposedly working on. CD Projekt Red claims that it did, and they only had to pay an upfront fee, which they actually did. And apparently at some point, CD Projekt Red even offered a percent of profits, but the author turned it down laughing at them, telling them that they would never make any money. Um, easily, this will be settled out of court for some tiny payout. I guess the author, and rightfully, wants... A little bit cut of the Witcher success, so, and with the Netflix series coming up, I mean, come on. All right, we've had a flurry of people stepping down this week, so I'll run through these ones, and then we're done. We'll call it a week, guys. CEO of the ESA, 
Michael Gallagher steps down. So the Entertainment Software Association is a trade association, pretty much the trade association for game makers. And it's most famous for their E2M rating system, which tells you how much violence, nudity, and the appropriateness of the game is for everyone. And I think M games still require you to have a driver's license showing that you're at least 16 to purchase. Maybe it's 18 now. Um, Gallagher was the president and CEO for 11 years of the ESA. But interesting, before that, Gallagher was a chief technology advisor for former U.S. President George W. Bush. What? <laughs> and the Assistant Secretary for Commerce and Information in the U.S. Department of Commerce. Very weird previous jobs to go from that to the president or to the CEO of uh, the ESA, but I guess so. And I don't really think people have been complaining that much for 11 years. Uh, the only recent complaint I can really think about that people have had against this guy is that he hasn't um, regulated loot boxes for fear that the Senate will regulate them for them, kind of like what's going on in the EU. So, I guess good job, Michael Gallagher. Next up, President of Blizzard Entertainment, Michael Morheim, steps down. So, no word on why he's stepping down, as far as I can tell. But this is the third upper management change so far this year. He will be replaced by World of Warcraft executive producer, J. Allen Brack. So... I guess big shakeups at Blizzard, probably because Activision is coming in and clearing house. My guess, I don't work there. I have no information. Don't sue me, please. Um, next up, Atlas CEO and President Naoto Hirooka steps down. So Hirooka was in the role for six years, but actually started back in Atlas in 2001 as the project manager for this Shin Megami Tensai series. I don't know. I have nothing to say. Atlas is owned by Sega. I assume that Sega is probably pushing out Atlas leadership to see if they can run the company to the ground like they do with every company. So, once again, don't sue me, Sega. I have no money. I have nothing to give you. Don't sue me. Finally, let's leave on a somber note. Um, beloved game composer Ben... Daglish passes away, so he's best known for his work on Cobra Trap, The Last Ninja, and Deflector. These are 80s games, kind of of the Commodore 64 era. Very loved guy. Lots of love going out to him on Twitter. Um, you know, it's really sad to hear Legend go. We all gotta go. And I gotta go, because that's the end of this week in games this week. Please join me next week. And I'll keep you updated on all the business news in the game industry. I'm signing off. See ya.